Welcome back to Basic Training, everybody. This is your host, Michael Bays, and I come to you tonight not fasted, but with a belly full of sushi. And I know that's the most important thing in the world that you really wanted to know, but I don't know if we're really going to top that, so I might even just like sign off the show right now. <laughs> anyway, um, it is Christmas, boys and girls. I hope everybody had a wonderful day. I know that I did. Uh, I headed home to East Tennessee, got to hang out with my family, got to just relax and enjoy, and it that's all a complete lie. We can only actually, my family and I, we can actually only stand each other for a period of about six to eight hours in any given situation in any one room. So the moment we're all under one roof, the timer starts and we have about six hours before we all end up self-destructing. So uh, my penance is done. Gifts are given. Uh, we had tons of fun. Got to see grandparents. Got to see everybody in the world. And just a good, good holiday, to say the least. And I got sushi. So that's always uh, that's always a win on Christmas, right? Anyway, if you tuned into our last show, we dealt with a very hot topic, or more just a continual topic, really, and that was the thought of alcohol's effect on body composition, alcohol's effect on uh, nutrient absorption, and what does it mean for a physique overall. And, you know, I went through a few studies, and I ended up changing my tune, at least from what I had been teaching my clients for the past uh, 10 years since I've been in the business. And it's really gone from, you know, this is something that we don't do at all, because I know that you're going to mess up, to it has more to do with what you do before you start drinking and afterwards, and that's really what's going to have the most effect on your body composition. Um, I had a lot of response from that, and most of it was people not wanting to listen to the show, believe it or not, because they were afraid that I was going to tell them that they can't do that one thing that they really like to do, which is have that glass of wine or you know go out uh, for drinks on Thursday or Friday night uh, with the boys or with the girls and just relax. So, But if you haven't listened to it, go back, and I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised with some of the information I presented. Uh, it's it, it wasn't controversial, but it definitely was not what the fitness world would consider mainstream. You know, we, we like to preach that we don't do those kind of things, that we don't we don't take time off to enjoy the simple pleasures in life, such as Oreo cake balls. Those might actually be my most favorite dessert of all time. And I'm not talking like sugar-free, fat-free, mixed with uh, Splenda and egg whites to make this thing that resembles what could be an Oreo if we decided to to you know dull our senses and not really taste anything. I'm talking about full-fat Oreos mixed with cream cheese, dipped in chocolate, and dried into this beautiful little ball that you can just pop into your mouth, and then it is the greatest substance you've ever eaten. So if there was any confusion on whether or not I enjoy those, let me tell you, they are amazing. And, you know, we take a break from time to time. We like to, life is too short to sit around and only ingest spinach and, and chicken all day, guys. This is something that, it always boggles my mind every time that I end up talking to either clients, potential clients, or uh, the big one uh, from this year from the Christmas parties that I've been to is the idea of the moment when someone finds out what I do and then they look down and see what it, whether, whether I'm having something to eat or something to drink. It's instantaneous judgment. 
because when you're a trainer, you're held to a higher standard. You're expect to be, expected to be more fit than most people. You're expected to eat better than most people. But regardless, we're not robots. Uh, you know, I, I do enjoy my treats from time to time. That doesn't mean that it's what I do all the time. And, you know, I just want to get that point across to you guys again that it's okay to, to mess up or it's okay to indulge from time to time in things that may not be very beneficial to your physique. I think it's beneficial to your psyche to be able to kind of let loose and relax for a night. Because if you're always worried about what you look like or if you're operating at optimal performance or if, you know, that, that sweet that I had for lunch, is that really going to uh, affect me negatively the next day? Oh, my gosh, now I have to go run 10 miles. Then we're, we're associating food with very negative things in our lives, and it's no longer, it's no longer just fuel. And it's definitely no longer just eating for pleasure. At that point, it becomes very detrimental to to what you end up doing on a daily basis. And, you know, I, I'm very firm in my belief that once you get into this world as far as eating better and exercising, that what you're really striving for more than anything is so that you can forget about this, so that you don't have to always go to the newest book or to the newest uh, fitness routine that you saw on TV, that this is just something that you do. It's part of your daily routine and part of your daily life. And, you know, that's what the show's about. And hopefully we're getting that point across to you guys that sometimes it's important, but sometimes it's just not that big a deal. Anyway, uh, on to tonight's topic. Every year, I like to take a few moments and reflect on my past year. Uh, I find it cathartic to sit back and think on all the things that I experienced, that I learned, that I attempted, that I failed at or succeeded at. You know, I sit back during this time and I just find it that it's a profound reflection. Um, and because, you know, there's some things that I'm very proud of for the year and there's some things that it, it's never bad if you learn something. We'll put it that way. So, you know, I have tons of failures during my years. But what I find is that as long as I it can think about them and, you know, relate them to people that, you know, maybe there's a moment where I can be somewhat inspiring. I know that's a very hard concept for those of you who know me to try to believe that. But, you know, it, it, I wrote these things down with some thoughts, and uh, I'm going to share them with you guys tonight, and hopefully you'll enjoy what I've got to say. So here are the top 10 things that I learned in 2012. Uh, the first and probably the most important one to me is in order to go anywhere in life, you have to actually start. I'm a dreamer, uh, and some dreamers like to dress it up and call themselves visionaries. Uh, I choose not to deceive myself, and I, I like to stay on the simpler side of things. I'm just a simple dreamer. I, I'm a kid that's staring up in the clouds uh, on a sunny day. It's just laying in a field doing nothing. I'm the kid staring out the window in class, uh, not paying attention to what the teacher has to say. Um, you know, I just like to let things go and just imagine what could be. Uh, you know, this style of thinking has spawned some of the greatest ideas and inventions the world's ever seen. Uh, pretty much Anyone who's ever come up with anything cool and exciting has this mentality. It's uh, all the great entrepreneurs and inventors and uh, all the cool tech toys, you know, recording a podcast uh, have come from the people that just think this stuff up. But however, it, uh, it definitely does come with a share of downsides. And primarily, that is the ability to only stay in dreamland and never actually act on any of the ideas that one comes up with. Uh, and I've done my best to remedy that in 2012 and simply 
start doing what I think about. Anything I think of, I'm at least going to attempt to try. I mean, if it bears actual fruit, if it's a good idea, I'm going to give it a shot. You know, for better or for worse, it's helped me cast off shackles of fear and delve into exciting new areas. Uh, the show is probably, uh, the show that you're listening to right now is one of the biggest. Uh, you know, the bottom line is, I don't think I would have done this a couple of years ago. I, I either would have been too afraid or second-guessed uh, everything that I should be doing. Um, and, you know, oh, well, it wouldn't be good because of this reason or it wouldn't be good because of that reason. Um, but I elected to stop doing that this year and say, okay, I'm just going to start. I'm just going to try. And then we're going to let the chips fall where they may. And we're going to figure out where it comes in the end. And so hopefully uh, this show is a good product of why you should just start with whatever, whether it's fitness, whether it's a new business idea, a new diet, whatever it may be, you have to actually start doing it if you want it to go anywhere. And um, man, that, that was actually a pretty good one. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> number two, uh, every little thing is going to be all right. And I completely stole that one from Bob Marley. You know, not everything went my way this year. It never does. Uh, I've had projects that just never got off the ground correctly or uh, relationships that never seemed to pan out the way they were supposed to. But no matter what, no matter what happened, no matter how dire things seemed, it always turned out for the better. And I'm still here. I mean, I'm doing a show tonight. And that's just one of the, the great things of life. Every little thing you do, once you figure out that they can't kill you for messing up in life, and the worst thing that can happen is that everybody just gets really, really, really mad at you, and that's it. Uh, you come to the conclusion that Mr. Bob Marley came up to with uh, his song Three Little Birds, which you are now going to go to iTunes and you're going to listen to it because that is probably the most happy, relaxing song you will ever, ever listen to. Moving on from that, the next one is keeping a training log really really, really, really does help ensure your progress. Um, now, I came to this conclusion because I, I am stubborn. For those of you who know me, this should not come as a huge shock. However, I do like to put myself in the category of being somewhat intelligent as well. <laughs> <laughs> really? Really, John? Something in my throat. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> thanks, buddy. You know how to make you, make you feel good. Anyway... For those who would know me, I am extremely stubborn. Some would disagree on the intelligence part, but oh well. And some of those people sit right next to me recording a show. Uh, anyway, have you ever been so stuck in your ways that you can't see that you're stuck in your ways? Well, I, I, I'm going to raise my hand and uh, let you know that I'm actually very guilty of that. Now, if you add my stubbornness to that, you have my last training year, at least until September, that is. Sometimes all it takes is going back to where you began, where things were simple, where order was made, where progress forward was taken, and then you take a look at what you did, and all you have to do is start resetting to some of those things. Uh, one of the wisest things that my old training mentor taught me was to always track your workouts from the number of sets to the exact weights used, keeping an accurate log of what you're doing is paramount to your success. It will let you know when you're stagnating. It will let you know when you are just slacking in a workout. It'll also let you know when you're improving beyond your wildest imagination. 
And the last one doesn't happen as often, but it, it's good to have around for those yay moments when, you know, you hit a new personal record or you just uh, lifted more weight than you've ever done in your life or you ran further than you've ever gone. And then you get to do the Snoopy happy dance and your day just got better. A training log will show you where your strong points are and where your failings are, and then you can address and work on those. So uh, I've been carrying around a notebook for the past three or four months, and honestly, uh, my gains haven't been this good in the past decade. So that's definitely, I, I know I've said that on another show as well, but sometimes it is hard to practice what you preach. But definitely, definitely, definitely start recording down your workouts, boys and girls. The next one on the top 10, number four, is I really like Greek yogurt. Back in April, I almost died again. Uh, in fact, uh, I seem to make a habit of this at least one time of year, so please stay tuned in 2013 for whatever may come because I'm actually really good at near-death experiences. Um, you know, This time, it wasn't an outside force of Mother Nature, but rather this really tiny creature that was to blame. You know, long story short, I contracted something, the medical staff, where I was called a third world bacteria that proceeded to liquefy my insights and cause some amazing internal bleeding amongst other slightly organ failing type issues. Um, definitely not the most pleasant week of my life, but uh, anyway, as part of the aftermath of that wonderful week, when I left, I was 27 pounds lighter, and we're talking like five days here, people. 27 pounds, five days, and uh, lacking in some very crucial digestive bacteria. Uh, it, it was something I didn't want to believe that, you know, hey, this thing has messed me up. It's going to take months to fix. I said, nah, I'm out of the hospital. I'm fine now. I was wrong. So a, a wise friend of mine, probably one of the smartest, greatest people I've ever known who will remain nameless, uh, recommended Greek yogurt to help rectify the situation. Now, understand, I am a fitness professional, and that means that I am well-rehearsed in choking down things that don't taste good and include vomiting if I was to in ingest them in very high doses in order to achieve a better physique. Nothing is off the menu. However, I was extremely unprepared for this. After the first bite, I had made up my mind that it looked like I was just going to die because, honestly, this stuff was terrible. It was a cross between stale cheese, curdled milk, and I don't know if you've ever done this, but it was like an egg that had been cracked, and you tried to cook it and eat it anyway because it's your last one, and it's not going to be that bad, but it actually is that bad. It was a mixture of all those things together, uh, but I had to press on because uh, anything that I ate had to be better than being back in that hospital room, anything. So I gathered all my, my manliness and, and dove back in, determined to conquer the sour, milk, gross, nasty beast thing that I was trying to eat. And, you know, after a while, uh, you know what? After forcing it down, it began to grow on me. It began to grow on me so much that I kind of wonder why I was such a baby when I first began to eat it. And now it's probably one of the greatest treats of my daily routine. And it just goes to show that sometimes it takes more than one try in order to nail down a habit. You know, try not to judge something just because the first time you do it, it's absolutely atrocious. And, and now I, I enjoy it every single day. It helps replace good bacteria in my system, and it keeps Michael out of the hospital. So this is, this is a win for me. Number five on the list comes from what we've discussed over the past little bit, and uh, that is uh, fasting might actually be 
the great dietary reset button that everybody needs. Um, like I said, if you've been listening to the show for any length of time, uh, you will have come across my fasting experiment, whether it was good or bad. Uh, I tried it on a whim to see what the big hubbub was about, find out if this is for real, and you know, come to find out it might actually be one of the most fascinating things I think I've ever done. There's a lot of downsides that I've noticed, and namely, uh, if you listen to the last show, uh, you become the Snickers commercial. You are hungry. You are brain dead, and it's that's something that's unavoidable. So you can't forget that when fasting. But once you get past the brain dead factor, it really does open up a whole new world of understanding. It's an understanding of how your body works, uh, what it's going through to digest food, and how it utilizes the food that you put in. And honestly, it it really goes to show you a great understanding of what it's what's truly necessary to go in to make that process better. Uh, you find out you simply don't need as much food that you think you do. I think we've all been brainwashed in this country to believe that every time your stomach growls or you feel the slightest tinge of a blood sugar drop, that you're supposed to run to the kitchen and feed yourself. God forbid that we be hungry for a few minutes or a few hours. You say it isn't so. It, we're not allowed to be hungry. That's un-American. It's, it's not a good thing. The benefits that I'm seeing are outweighing the drawbacks, in my humble opinion. And again, this is something I've only done for four weeks, so I'm no full judge on this yet, but definitely in 2013, we're going to continue the process. And from physique to psychological performances, again, I think this is a win. But, uh, you know, a formal write-up and a full show is going to be devoted to the topic in the near future. Uh, But again, basically, after a month of adding this to my fitness routine, I found that I'm more mentally alert, emotionally stable, we'll discuss that later, and very, very well rested. And this does not even include the amazing physique results that have come from this. Those will be posted up in pictures as well uh, when we do the next set of shoots here in uh, about a month or so. Fasting is, it's very unique. So uh, again, once I've got all the data out there, I'll throw it to you guys and we'll let you try it. But it definitely is fun, except for the whole Snickers hungry, hangry thing that happens to you. Number six on the list, Vibram's and flat-soled shoes really, really do help build your calves. It has been three years now since I started my Vibram experiment. And that, again, most of the st- like most of the things I do, it was on a whim. I saw them. I thought they were fantastic. I thought, you know, let's give them a shot. Let's see what this is about. I had no idea what I was going to get. I had no training intentions. I just thought they looked neat and wanted to give them a shot. So other than working out like normal... I have not treated my lower body any different. And that means that if I went on a new leg program, I tried it. I went running. I went walking. I did cardiovascular work the exact same way I've always done. And I have made more progress in the leanest factor of my legs and my calves and glutes than all of my previous 10 years of training combined. And the only real difference is wearing these shoes. Draw your own conclusions from there. That should be enough said on that. Now, this is something where I wear these 10 to 12 hours a day, five days a week. So I'm in them a lot, and I think that amount of volume of wearing these shoes has contributed to that quite a bit. But, I mean, the results have to speak for themselves. Without any extra work, I mean, I worked like normal, but without anything extra and crazy out there, I'm gonna, it, we're going to do vain things. I'm going to snap a photo of the calves, and I'm going to throw it on the website for you guys so you can take a look 
at what this looks like now. And this, again, whether call it genetics, call it cheating, call it whatever you want. I don't care. These shoes, I am firmly convinced, are the difference in my lower body's development. So I highly recommend that you guys give them a try, and they look really cool. But after about three days, your feet get funky, so watch out for that. Number seven on the 10 things that I learned in 2012, you don't always have to push your heaviest weights to make the best gains for your physique. We're going to start with a confession. I haven't done a one rep maximum since late 2009, and I have never been fitter, leaner, and more pain-free. That last little bit is the most important part of that. After a decade of lifting, I get sore joints. I don't recover as quickly as I, as I used to. And I just am not accustomed to pushing through as heavy a weight as I've always done. Being more pain-free is the most important thing out of all those. But all, all of those are part of the fact that I haven't tested my limits in about three years. And I'm thoroughly convinced that it is not necessary to push the most that you can in order to make the greatest strides in physique training. Now understand that previous sentence. This is in reference to physique training. This does not hold true for powerlifting or other strength sports. The good thing is that most people don't care about other strength sports. Now, if you're a powerlifter out there, please don't come out and try to kill me. But most people listening to this show want to improve how their body looks. They want a lower body fat percentage. They want a little more muscle tone. They want to be able to run further. They want to be able to jump higher. And they want to do it without achy joints. And this is where this show is really about real life and real training. This is not about to get specific on everything. This is about how do we get the best results for the most people. So for the purposes of most of the training participants that I'm talking to, it is important to know that you don't always have to go to that 90 or 100% mark of what you can do every single time you hit the gym. It's not about going to failure. It's not about doing 10,000 sets and 10,000 repetitions of a weight until you're screaming out your lungs and you're failing to get the weight more than an inch off your chest. This is not what that's about. If you train through various methods, and you work with rep ranges anywhere from 6 to 12 to 15s, and you're doing that through a decent amount of resistance to where it's actually hard and you can feel that you're working, you're going to get great results, especially if you marry that with a lot of the other things that you need to. But if you went in and you did 100% of what you can do every single time, that would be like going to school or going to class every single day and having a final exam. It doesn't make sense to do in school, and it definitely doesn't make sense to do that in your club. 1RMs are for egos and for power lifters. Physiques are made by practice, repetition, and the adherence to a fantastic diet plan. I recommend one of my own that I talked about in show number two, You Are What You Eat. It lays out very simple, uh, it lays out very simple rules that you guys can follow, and they will never fail you, ever. Number eight on the things I learned in 2012. I'm a visionary with poor micromanaging skills, and that is huge in fitness. Uh, it's, it's always hard to write about your shortcomings. It is hard to point out weaknesses sometimes, but it is necessary. My talents lie in thinking up big concepts and ideas, you know, figuring out how to implement them, and then letting other people take it and run with a project. If it were up to me, I would always analyze everything into the ground, Make sure it was perfect in every single way. Look at it again. 
put it in a box, take it back out, look at it one more time, and then finally scrap a project and start all over because it, it would never be exactly what I need it to be. And because of that, it kind of goes back to the first thing I learned is that you have to start. You have to just try. If I was doing this show and I kept thinking, well, this part needs to be there. This part needs to go over here. I need to have these guests over here. I need these topics. I need this, this, and this. I would be planning for a year to start something and I wouldn't, wouldn't do it. You know, and, and so what it is, I found somebody who's awesome, who knows how to do this kind of show. And then I didn't have to plan it. I show up with great content or average content, depending on who you ask. And then he makes this show absolutely fantastic. And this is where it, John, this is where you get a good shout out. You know, you make the show sound amazing every single week, very consistent. And you can make even me sound good. So, you know, you're adding to my team, you're. You, you're the one that makes the show happen, and uh, that's a pretty big deal. Thanks, so, Michael. I know. Keep that smile. You're so sweet. <laughs> but that, that's just part of it. I can't, I can't do everything. I'm not a one-man show. So, therefore, I've elected to remove myself uh, from the role of micromanager this year. And in 2013, I'm just going to do what I know how to do, and we're going to find the best people in the world to make my projects even better so that I don't have to touch them. It falls in line with another thing as well, and that is every little thing's going to be all right. You know, if we, if we just set these right things in motion, it doesn't matter if I'm always around and involved with the project. What does matter is selecting the right people to carry out things for you uh, and making sure that you can empower people to do what they need to do in order to change their lives in the gym or, uh, you know, make their own destiny with their jobs. You remember, it's about finding ways to make fitness a part of your life it's not about something that we need to think about 24-7 in order to be successful. If you micromanage your fitness, it doesn't work. You have to – it's almost like a Taoist kind of thing. You have to not think about it to really have it work the way it needs to. The more you think about something, you know, the further from your grasp it's it's going to fall. And so, I mean, that, that, that was pretty big. And it's going to take some time and some work to get that one done. But uh, with, with enough help and enough smart people around me, I think it doesn't really matter. I don't have to be super involved with every little piece of everything that we do anymore. I think that's big. Uh, moving on. Number nine. I'm not absolutely atrocious at radio and video. Uh, even though the videos, I don't talk. I mean, that's, I mean, maybe that's a sign. I don't really know. But you know, listening to the podcast right now, it's not terrible, uh, you know, and I have to listen to myself every single week when this stuff comes out, and that, oh my gosh, that is the hardest thing you will ever do in your life is listen to a recorded version of your voice or watch yourself on a video. It is so incredibly hard that you will have a hard time understanding exactly what I'm talking about until you're put into a said situation. It, when I was a kid, I had one of those um, hand recorders that had like the little tape. I thought that was the coolest thing ever was the uh, micro recording tape. And I used to record myself singing. It's fairly embarrassing that we're going to let this out. But since we've started, I guess I get to keep going. I used to actually play CDs in the background and I had the voice tape recorder and I would hit, hit the play button or the record button and I would start talking. <laughs> I used to start singing into the recorder because in my mind, I sounded exactly like Metallica's Unforgiven 2. And I knew it. I knew that I was busting out that lyric the way James was too. And I mean, I had it up and I was jamming back and forth until one day I looked in the hallway and my mother is staring straight at me. 
And she's actually she actually was doing what John was doing right now. <laughs> she was just shaking her head at me like, "Oh, we got to put him in a home. He can't stay I here." To, uh, I used to rap to. Did you know? To a uh, instrumental version of Gangsta's Paradise. Could you do, can you ad lib any of that right now? As I walk through the. <laughs> Oh, if you just had like Coolio's hair, that would just that would be the greatest thing. Uh, I actually want Amish Paradise by Weird Al. Can you do that one too? I can't do that. That one was much better. Anyway, I digress. Having to listen to yourself, it's so hard. And but because of this, you know. I held myself back from audio and video work for the past few years. I just didn't think it was good enough. Um, this was the wrong thing to do. You know, I let my fears get the best of me and stop me from really honing my skills at something I actually seem to have a, a reasonable talent for. I mean, I'm not up there with the best of them, but by God, I'm working on it. And this time next year, it's going to be so uh, absolutely amazing. You're going to wonder how you ever lived without the basic training podcast, to be honest. Um, so, you know, starting the podcast and recording training videos has been one of the most rewarding things that I've ever done. And, you know, I'll just throw that out to everybody. Don't be afraid of the person in the mirror or the person that sings in the shower or on the little voice recorder in which people look at you like you're crazy. I promise you, no matter what, you are nowhere near as bad as you think you are. And simply doing it and putting it out there, whatever it may be, puts you in the 1% category of people that actually try. And, you know, I find something very unique about the people that actually try is they're usually the ones that really get things done. They're the ones, you know, in the in the Steve Job ad uh, that Apple had it. They're the ones that change the world. They're the ones that get out there and actually make new stuff and they take the risk. So get out there and do it. Uh, And I know that just turned into like a little rah rah speech for you guys, but it's pretty big. And um, and, you know, that that brings me to the very final thing that I learned and am still learning uh, in 2012 and 2013 and however many more years it takes as this changes. And that is an email, Facebook, Twitter, social media, texting, whatever, ways to communicate besides actually face-to-face. These have honestly become a real way to communicate. You know, and I, I'm, I'm guilty. I am guilty of not returning your texts I am guilty of not returning your emails or your Facebook posts or your Twitter mention or any of the other various social media outlets that are out there. I didn't mean to, I swear. I just didn't think it was as big a deal because, you know, it's it's just words on a computer. It, this is just, it's typing on a, a keyboard. It's it's putting a, a, a like thumbs up button on something. You know, how is, how is, that can't be important. People don't take that as seriously as a one-on-one conversation. I was absolutely dead wrong. These methods of communication have become a real and valid way of human interaction, and both personally and professionally. You know, I may be getting on board a little bit late, but trust me, it's better late than never. Other business owners and professionals would be wise to follow suit with this. I know it seems like it's something new that you want to resist, but I promise you, it is how we are all going to communicate in the future. It may not be called Facebook five years from now, but communicating with somebody through a handheld device, that's a real thing. And it's just as important today to talk to these people like you would a face-to-face conversation. 
I mean, I just I can't put that much more importance on it than that. This is a reality, and as far as a business owner goes, or you know, somebody who does fitness for a living, the ability to post photos of what we're eating and to have communication with clientele about uh, workouts that they need and being able to interact with them as far as uh, back and forth through our Atlas application. That's huge. And to not take that as seriously as my one-on-one training sessions, that was a mistake. And it's a mistake, like I said, we're going to try to rectify in the coming year and years to come. It, you, to me, it's gotten a priority list just as high up as anything else that I do. And so because of that, I think, honestly, the world's changed. And if you don't jump on board, it's going to be a mistake for you. So learn some Twitter, learn some Facebook, hit some likes, and update your LinkedIn profile. You know, Clear out your inbox of people you actually need to talk to. We know that when we sent a text, it was not ignored and your phone didn't mess up. That's just a nice, easy way to say that. And so we all got to get past that. This is just something that we all got to learn. And it's something that I learned in 2012. And that's my list, boys and girls. Uh, hopefully that was uh, somewhat insightful. I know it wasn't all having to do with fitness, but, you know, life involves fitness and fitness involves life. So, you know, the, the better we get at learning these simple things that, that I came across, you know, it, it frees up the environment for me to actually work on some new fitness projects. Because if I'm talking to you guys on Facebook and throwing out what I'm doing, I can get some feedback of what you're doing. And if I can record a show about the whole thing, it makes perfect sense. And if we can get John to produce that show, then that's even better because then I don't have to do it because I'll totally mess that up. And, you know, I can relate all these stories of what we're doing, whether it's me not pushing as heavy a weight as I've done or me wearing crazy Vibram shoes um, or it, dietary things of me learning, you know, what, what fasting is like and whether or not that's a good thing or if I'm just going to die like an emaciated person because I'm an idiot and not eating. I don't know. Or if, if Greek yogurt actually turns out to be the thing that's really giving me bad gas. I don't know. It might be. Or that could just be the hospital thing. Um, but regardless... Because I'm writing it all down, and I realize that every little thing that I do in the world is going to be all right, uh, it kind of just boils down to as long as I can figure out how to start some new projects, everything is uh, is going to be a-okay. So that's going to do it for tonight, guys. I hope you guys had a wonderful holiday, and uh, we're gearing up for a fantastic 2013. We have a great New Year series that's going to come out. We're going to take a different approach than we would normally to most people. This We're not going to start you off with a challenge. We're not going to start off with biggest loser, show me who can lose 50 pounds. I've never been mainstream that way, and I don't like to do it. You know, I hope your get fit before you get fit challenge worked out very well for you. And if it didn't, we're going to be here for you all through 2013, so don't worry. We're not going to leave you hanging. But we are going to start in a different way that's going to make fitness a long-term thing for you. It's going to make good eating habits a long-term thing for you. I'm in this with you for the long haul. I'm in to get fit slow, not you know three months to lose 100 pounds. We're not going to do that. We're going to make this stretch out for the remainder of your life, guys. And you guys are going to see that coming forward. Uh, I think that show is going to hit you here in a couple weeks. Uh, it, it will definitely keep you up to date on the website. We have now converted over. I know I'm sending you to different web locations. I promise you we're going to get it right. You're going to go to basic, B-A-E-S, dash ic training.com you can also go to michaelbays.com if you want to but where the show is hosted now is www.baes-ictraining.com 
basictraining.com. That's basictraining.com, guys. Feel free to drop over uh, any questions on our contact page, listen to some previous shows, uh, check out some of the cool articles that I've got posted there for you, and have a safe and happy new year, and we'll catch you guys in 2013. So have a great night, everybody. Oh, 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 oh